Blog Talk Radio. Forbidden archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. Last night on Green Magic Green Medicine here on the Main Street Universe Network with Susan Weed, we discussed the 13 sacred Celtic trees. Specifically, reed was the one for last night. We discussed its many magical and practical real-world qualities, including the making of musical instruments, as well as for making weapons, including arrows, and as our friend Laramie said in the chat room last night, Cherokee blowguns and the darts that they shoot out, thus acknowledging the dual nature of things. Our guests this evening, I think, certainly understand using music as an expression and as well as maybe a weapon for taking on the mundane world. So welcome to Main Street Universe this evening. Tawatha D. when we return. Qualities of the 13 sacred Celtic trees. 
including how they're used here in the States. Then on Sundays, we're switching now back to Sunday, we have Spiritual Insight with your host, Mr. Darren Bouquer, with a time to be announced. And we have returning some other once-a-month hosts that will be announced later. I'm coming next month. And Janice, as well as having her show, Reflections and Rhythms. And you have a guest already for that, do you not? Yeah, the first guest is going to be Jesse Ann Nichols-George and the second, Karen Tate. Oh, okay, great. And Karen Tate has done some and we went Bex work. on there from Tuatadilla. We want Bex to come on. Oh, okay. Absolutely. So that makes up most of the shows. And then Woven Green, Jim and Ashley Cash, are making their return to the network and probably doing so within a month. And then their times will be announced. We actually have more than that coming both back to the network and some new hosts coming to the network. So we're in a bit of a transition, but we're actually bringing in more hosts. This is we're bringing in more once-a-month hosts, and I think you all get yeah, the picture. Starsheen. And Michael Starsheen is going to be joining us um, from the Fellowship of ISIS. But tonight, our guests are Tuatha D. They're a band. They're a great band. I really like their stuff. And I'll just bring them on to discuss their thing rather than me discussing it for them. And I see their microphones. Welcome to Welcome. Thank you. Hello. Thank you. <laughs> yep, we can hear you. Yes, we can hear you. Can you hear us? Yes, we can. All I right, can great. Now, to start right off, we'll, we'll do some, a, a brief history and then go on to some of the stuff you're doing now. Just brief history about how long has Tuatha Dee been together? Well, it kind of depends on when you start counting. Um uh, a lot of people that know of us, this is probably old news, but we didn't start out with an intention to be a band. We uh, started drumming in drum circles and drumming at home, and we tripped across the concept of drumming as a catalyst for building community and communication. And uh, that would have been back in 2010. Um, somewhere along the line, we started adding different instrumentation in. Um then vocals, and before we knew it, uh, we were being referred to as a band, actually before we referred to ourselves that way. Um, about the last three years, um, we've been considering ourselves a band and, and functioning and operating that way, but uh, um, the group or the basis of the group, and some of the members have changed over time, has been around since uh, 2010. So five years if you start from the beginning, Three years if you start from when we started calling ourselves a band. Okay. And I do understand that many of you, and no one's really sure how many people are in Tuathadi, I think, but when I see the pictures, <laughs> really? uh, many of you are, are related, right? Oh, the majority of us are related. Like it started out as a, it actually started out as more of a family uh, drum circle sort of thing, family and friends. So, um, yeah, you're right. There, there's been a, Alterations in numbers. In general, there's usually seven to eight of us, uh, just depending. Um, that's been the best, most consistent number. But it's ranged anywhere from five to 13, just depending upon when and where we were at the time. But eight right. is the number. That's the magic number as of right now. Okay. And that's interesting. For being that large, I think that's uh, I think it's a good thing, actually, that you can get along with each other 
long enough to, to tour and stuff. Which is going to be our next question. How's that go with touring with all that many people? <laughs> well, you, want, well, you know, you mentioned your family, and, and I'll give you a rundown on that. Um, and Becca's there, too. So if at any point in time you want me to shut up and let her talk because she's got a prettier voice, just let me know. But there's uh, <laughs> there's myself, and then there's my wife. That's Rebecca. She's on the other line. Um, there's Rebecca's sister, Kathy. Kathy's fiance, Chris. Um, my son, Brandon. Brandon's uh, wife, Nikki. And my daughter uh, is still connected to the band. She's not currently touring with us. Um, and we have uh, Adam Ogle, who is probably, the at the moment, the only non-related full-time member, and we are in the process of bringing in a new drummer. So um, I think that's eight. Did I get that right, Becca? Um, I didn't hear you say Chris, but I could have just said it. Assuming you have us to keep up with. (laughs) But as far (laughs) as how we get along on the road, you know, it is a family dynamic. So it's pros and cons. The beautiful thing is that we do tour as a family and we love each other. The flip side of that coin is that there are no buffers, as in most families. So you can imagine after about six weeks traveling around, uh, it can get kind of rough at times. Um, again, the flip side or beautiful side of it is even if we don't always get along, we kind of have to get along because even if the band broke up, we still got to get together for holidays. That's right. And, That's and, so true. And in the case of this band, eight holidays, right? Eight, eight, eight wheel of the year. Yes, eight wheel of the year. Exactly. Exactly. Um, now, Becca, I'll ask you this one specifically. Oh, boy. You all made a video recently and looked great and sounded great. The song, Hum in a Shiver, I thought it was a beautiful song. Beautiful song. And the process of the video, did you guys make that video yourself? And my other question was going to be, are you comfortable with the video? Do you enjoy that process? You know, some people are a little camera shy. Uh, Yeah, some people are a little camera shy. Sometimes we have our our own little personal moments, you know, with the whole camera shy thing. But that being said, uh, it is, it's a whole lot of fun to to make a video. There's a lot more that goes into it than anybody actually realizes sometimes, I think. Um, a video that lasts about three minutes could take an entire day to make. <laughs> it's sort of like anything, I suppose. Um, we had, we were really fortunate to have met and uh, been able to work with Jesse Jones, who is a local producer, sound guy, musical phenomenon uh, that lives not too far away from us in Knoxville, Tennessee. And he he's done the, the producing of the videos and our last CD, Tupa Tales, Appalachian Fay. And um, like I said, we were really fortunate to have met him. He's He's awesome to work with. He, he'll just make you laugh all day long. Um, it's quite an experience. Having, having made three now, it's sort of like getting a tattoo. You, you can't just have one. And you just kind of, you know, you get that itch and you just want to keep on going with it. It's so much fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you're probably always thinking then, okay, I know how I'm going to make that angle look better for me on the next one. <laughs> they all look good on this. You all look great. All look good. 
I'm jealous. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah, we definitely, we sit back and we watch them, and we're like, oh, well, I think I probably could have done that better. But... (laughs) (laughs) It's always, just like recording an album is the same way. When our band finished our album... Go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, and I just kept thinking, oh, after I'd listened to the CD, oh, let me go back out in the studio and fix that, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, it's done. That's right, it's done. (laughs) I wouldn't know. I don't have my own album yet. (laughs) But well, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right about that. Mm-hmm. What we want to do is take a brief break here and play one of your songs, and when we come back, start discussing some of your new material, and Janice has some questions as well, so some of it will be discussing some of the new songs and inspirations for them and all of that. So what first one I'm going to play, I think, and I have it right here. And all the songs we have on Main Street Universe, I just want to remind everybody that we have with their permission or they've been a guest. We don't really have anything that was we just pulled off of somewhere. So, and I guess we'll just start off with Hum and a Shiver since that's where we were discussing with the video. We'll be right back. This is Tawatha D with Hum and a Shiver.
Contest uh, that, that I think stands out the most that, that we uh, we we came in we won <laughs> I guess is the way to put it um, was yeah. uh, the Hard Rock Rising contest and we won the the semi local well actually it's the semi regionals um, and I, I think what was inspiring about that for us I think I can speak for all of us on this is that we kind of went into it with uh, we really didn't think we would win it. Um, not big on, on, on you know, uh, battles of the bands in the first place. We, we've kind of not engaged in a lot of that simply because, I don't know, it, it, it feels a little awkward. And a lot of times, because we're not coming from a mainstream location when you, you know, to compete in these mainstream events is a little, um, that, that, can, that can make you a little apprehensive. But uh, we did it for kicks, to be honest. We kind of entered it just to see what would happen. And, okay. Uh, we were kind of blown away that we won the the locals in the first place, and then we were even more blown away that we we won the regional aspect of it because it's uh, it's a mainstream uh, it's a mainstream contest, and mm-hmm. uh, so you know, lots of great bands. As a matter of fact, there was ten thousand bands in this particular contest. So the fact wow. that we came in, I, I believe good. the Latin hours beyond. Yeah, we we had we really didn't think we'd win. <laughs> it was kind of kind of uh, caught us off guard. Um, but we, I think we placed number 23 out of 10,000. And uh, so, you know, that was uh, beyond anything we dreamt of, just, just hitting that far up the, the chain with it. Um, I, it, it, it was, I think what it told us is that, that we, I think it was confirmation that we finally were a legitimate musical band, musical group. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, at that I agree. point, you, you know, up to that point, we've not. 
it, you really, we kind of operate in a different genre, um, and that was that was from all genres of music, you know. And so I think that's what we took away from that is it was just confirmation and a validation that we uh, were really proud of, you know, to feel that we were able to place that high in that. So I, I think that's what we pulled out of that. I don't know, Becca might have a different response, but I'm. Well, as far as as far as uh, you asking about the inspiration that it gave us, it was that was largely due to the to the fan base that we have, um, their yeah. faith in in us, and and they were they were the ones that were the most inspirational to us in those contests. Mm-hmm. And supported and and turned out, and yeah, it was just amazing to see that. Yeah, absolutely. The, the fans from, let's say, the different places that you play at, like uh, PSG or um, the local variety of friends, or or is it both, basically? It's, well, I think it's, it's from everywhere now, um, yes. which is kind of astounding to us, too. I mean, PSG was a big, huge door opener that inter- you know introduced us to to folks that, you know, were not from Tennessee and introduced us to them as well. But, yes. uh, you know, that's how we met. Of years, that's how we met you. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's and, how we met. Uh, yeah. So without PSG, um, I don't know if there would have been a Tuatadia, to be honest with you, at least not, not doing what we're doing, but, you know, that's expanded and, uh, we, we've gone all over the country now and even out of the country a little bit. And, uh, but, to see people showing up in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, which is where this contest took place, where we had to compete at anyway, um, from all over the place, from as far away as, uh, I think there were people there from Texas. <laughs> so it was like, uh, that, that's sort of an amazing thing to see, you know, that, that people are coming from that far away to be supportive and, and, and showing and, up. And that's a beautiful thing to say. Oh, David says hi, and he said he, was, he loves the new album, or the new CD, sorry. Got to stop oh, saying my. album. I'm dating myself oh, here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, hello back, and thank you so much. And, uh, yeah, I use the word album, too. It's hard to get away from yeah. that. I guess that shows my age. <laughs> I use the word album. It's just hard to not say that. <laughs> yes. And how is the uh, CD... Uh, Twelve Hotels different from the other CDs, the Tribe, uh, the Kiff and Ken, and Twelve Dia. That one. Uh, oh yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, it was our first uh, effort at um, kind of theming an album. Uh, in the past, when we've written music, we've written whatever we felt and kind of where it, you know, it came from different places and different spaces and then comprised an album with, with two details. It started with pure inspiration, um, by an, that, that was initiated with an author by the name of Alex Bledsoe, who was an amazing fantasy author. And we encountered him at a festival and he had uh, approached us and said that he wanted to put us into his books, which of course is an amazing honor in the first place. But the question oh, yeah. that immediately followed that was why, you know, and uh, he went on to explain why. Um, his fantasy novels, for those who don't know, and we suggest everybody checks him out, um, are about the Tuatha de Danann. But he took a different take on it, and he transplanted them into the United States before it was settled, 
and they've been living in the Smoky Mountains for time out of mind. Nobody knows us who they are. Um, and without giving up too much so that people will actually go read the books, and they're all musically inclined. And uh, so we, we, at that point, were able to kind of ascertain why he wanted to put us in his books because we live in the mm-hmm. Smoky Mountains. We play music, and uh, um, we call ourselves Tuathadia. And that's what started the thing. Um, so the greatest challenge that I think I've ever experienced was to try to write music write lyrics that encompassed someone else's ideas. Um, Of course, that meant reading the books, getting to know Alex, getting to know the characters, which has been wonderful. And uh, we were so inspired, we decided to create music based on his ideology of uh, the Tufa, which are, again, the Tuatha de Danan from Alex's perspective. So Mm -hmm. that was the inspiration for it and the motivation behind it. Um... The difference was, again, trying to make sure that we incorporated and encompassed someone else's ideas into mm-hmm. music and, you know, all the time hoping that you're doing a really good job, you know, because it's somebody else's stuff. Um, that would be the biggest difference, I think. And we wanted okay. to make sure that we were kind of locked into to this picture he was painting, you know, uh, and that's what Tufa Tales is. It's, it's got a little bit more of an Appalachian flair to it. Um, because that's where the books are based at, and we, the music is all inspired by, and in many ways based on the books he wrote. The Hum and the Shiver. There's a book called The Hum and the Shiver, and Whistle the Thing. There's a book called Whistle the Thing, and Long Black Curl was just released in May. And if you, without giving up too much, if you read through it and you get to the final pages of it, you'll find some people you know in there. Okay. <laughs> All right. And uh, has Alex told you um, that he's pleased with it, or uh, has he shared his thoughts on the music? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we didn't want to just jump on somebody's boat and ride it without their permission. So uh, after we'd read the books um, that we started, we now have a pretty firm friendship with Alex. He's been, we actually share a lot of, uh, space sometimes. We've been to several things this year with him. We'll be to some more things where we accompany one another. Um, Not really traveling together per se, but a lot of events where we're kind of going in, you know, him and us both. Uh, So he was in on it from the beginning. He did Mm -hmm. not want to, as he told us early on, he didn't want to influence what we did. Um, But I made him, he was always privileged to what we were creating. The, uh, you can actually see Alex Bledsoe. He came all the way down from Wisconsin. Was in. Uh, he makes a uh, cameo appearance in Whisper of a Thing. Um, mm, and okay. He was actually. We were present with him for the debut of Hum and the Shiver. So he's been. A, he's not, intentionally not involved himself, but he has been very invested. <laughs> so, uh, I our understanding is he is extremely pleased with what we've done. Oh, great! Great. And one comment I wanted to make about now you were saying, okay, I'm writing for somebody else's idea. It's still your version of it, your creativity, but it's for somebody else's idea. And sometimes I think having that point of focus, because one time I was asked to write like a little theme for an independent movie. And I remember thinking it was almost in in a certain way, like liberating to just have that point of focus, even though, you know, songwriting is a great thing and coming up with your own new idea, of course, I love and it's what I love to do. 
but it was great having that focus. Like, this is what it's supposed to be. I'm like, all right, I'm, now I'm going to make it my own. Oh, no, I agree with you entirely. I'm so glad you said that because I've had that exact same thought. While it was a challenge, to, you know, because you do want to do so well, is, you know, when you're doing something for someone else, you want it. To, you want to encompass and make sure that, that you you hit home with what you're doing. But at the same you're right. It was uh, because I think it gives you guidelines to operate within that normally aren't there, it, it was it was very liberating and exhilarating. And, yeah, I loved it. I'd love to do it again. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a brand you know, new experience. Bring out those feelers. Really get the universe going. <laughs> you tend to do that sometimes. You've got to be careful. Yes, you do. Careful what we wish for yeah. from time to time. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So I say now we move on to another one of the songs, one that you mentioned earlier. And I think it'll be Long Black Curl. Yeah. So I don't know that much about this story. Could you maybe talk about that just a little bit before we play it? Well, I'm going to be very ambiguous. And the reason being, the book has only just been released. Um, Okay. It it does, though, it it incorporates Alex's characters, uh, the Tufa. And, again, Tufa is, uh, per Alex, that's what's kind of happened to the name Tawatha over the years. And it makes sense that that would happen if they were living in Appalachia. Um, And it's about the dark and light. And uh, the characters and some of the things that they go through. And and, uh, how do I say this without giving up stuff? Basically, the conflicts and and the community of the Tufa. Um, The book is out there. It's a great book. It's uh, Long Black Crow, our take on it. Alex gave me enough insight before the books was released that I could ambiguously write the song. Um, my take on Long Black Crow, the, the term, and I should, I should also mention somebody by the name of Jennifer Gorey. That's very important. As it turns out, this, these books were, uh, the titles of these books, not the content, was inspired by Jennifer Gorey's titles of previous songs, which are also Hum and the Shiver, uh, Whisper Thing and Long Black Curl. So they were, the titles were inspired by songs, and then the, the book stories inspired our songs. Um, and there is no contention here on any level. We're going to be appearing with uh, Alex and Jennifer Gorey uh, in South Carolina next month. So everybody's kind of in this together sort of thing. But um, our take on Long Black Curl is all of the Tufa have dark hair. And... It's not so much about the hair or the curls of the hair as it is about an, a winding down through time and an ancestral connection. So um, when we did the video, I had to be very ambiguous because the book hadn't been released when we did the song in the video. But if you go to the video, you'll actually find things that were taken directly from the book. And that's true in all the videos, but more so probably in Long Black Curl than the rest. All right, well, so, you are... Of going through the different uh, generations, uh, being the the twist, the curl. I like that. That was good. That was good. All right. I'm going to go ahead and play the song, Long Black Curl by Tawatha D., our guest this evening on Main Street Universe. And we'll be right back after this.
with their song Long Black Curl and I'm going to go ahead and turn their microphones back on now I do have linked here Danny and Becca a link to your website which has songs for them to buy I think it even goes right to the store section on the link that I'm sharing as well as your tour information and all of that so just wanted to let you know that and that they are you're currently on tour right now you're still touring around right well, yeah, we are actually, uh, for the moment, briefly, <laughs> a brief hiatus of about a week and a half. Uh, we start back uh, this weekend. Um, we've been home for, I think, a total, Becca, you correct me if I'm wrong, of uh, five weeks since March. And everything yeah, else five has been on the road. So, uh, and we're getting ready to take off again here pretty soon um, mm. at the moment. So, starting this weekend, we kick off the fall part of our touring. All right, and so it sounds like you guys are keeping a pretty busy schedule, it sounds like, as a lot of people ask whenever I have a full, uh, musicians as guests, they ask, uh, are they full-time musicians? It kind of sounds like you guys have to be with your schedule. We are. Yeah, we currently, that's that's yep. the job. <laughs> that was, uh, <laughs> when I mentioned earlier when you asked how long we've been together, I and I talked about the five years versus the three-year thing, about three years ago we made the decision to try to give this a shot, to do something that we enjoy doing for a living. And uh, so for the last three years, that's that's been how we've done it, um, precariously, but we've, we've managed so far. <laughs> we have a large family to help. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, but so far, so good. And uh, this season has been probably our, mo- our busiest season so far. Well, there's no probably to that. We've We've been fortunate to have the opportunity to be all over the place this year um, and not quite done yet. Uh, we'll slow down, I believe, in November. There's a few things, it's a couple of things left in November. And then our hopes are um, to start working again um, towards uh, a new studio project. So up until November, we're still rolling. We wanted to ask you about your inspiration for one, it's a two. It's actually a three-part song you have on the new album, and it's "Wisp of a Thing." Yes, I uh, wanted to know about the inspiration. You told us about um, "Hum and Shiver," and you told us a little bit more about "Long Black Curl." So, curl, not girl. Uh, what is the motivation of "Wisp of a Thing," and why are there three of them? Well, that was. Um I'm, I'm not trying to step on Becca here, but I figure she'll probably want me to field this. Um, okay. <laughs> it's again it's fine, one of the books. In, uh, one of the books in Alex's uh, in Alex's series was uh, based on. Um, but we wanted to, you know, having our our roots in tribal drumming, we wanted to include that. 
Um, okay. So we wanted a section that would be specific to that. We, uh, I should mention that Whistle the Thing is a book about transition. The book itself, it's, it's a story. The story in it is about transition. It's about um, coming back and, and finding oneself. And, uh, okay. So it starts out, what, what we tried to do was incorporate that into the music, which ended up being a three-part uh, piece of music. Again, we wanted to get the tribal drums in there. The first part of the book is representative, I mean, of the song is representative of the first part of the book. And uh, our little actress in that is actually Rebecca, who got to take on the role of Alex's main character in that book, which is Kernan. Excuse me. Kernan is uh, suffering from a curse, and she's somewhat wild. So we wanted to incorporate the tribal aspects with showing Kernan in in, uh, the beginning of the book. Um, We changed it into a melodic flow, sort of an introspective part of the song, because uh, Kernan goes through this battle of trying to regain her uh, humanity. And Mm -hmm. uh, we wanted to conflict, and uh, that's what the second part of Wisp is. And the third part is uh, it's the celebration of reclaiming herself. Um, and I, I would mention that that third part was sort of inspired by my son, Brandon, who is our uh, illustrious electric guitar player. Um, okay. Who, he kind of comes from a different place and space with his music. And up to that point, hadn't been able to give him leeway to do what he does so well. So the third part, uh, musically, was inspired by Brandon and what he had came up with and, and brought to the table um, a little bit of a heavier edge, uh, more modern, cutting-edge sort of piece of music, but that would still show the uh, the reclaiming by Kernan. So what we, what we got to do with that was kind of fun. We, we kind of got to walk Alex's storyline um, through a video using our own vision and... Uh, Again, the, the, another one of the songs inspired by his books. Wonderful. And, yeah. And I just want to throw in there, but that one first part, I had the most fun rolling around in the dirt and getting off Hey! <laughs> Kid at heart. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> well, so. we're going to go ahead here and play with the three uh, part one, two, and three. Okay, yes, we'll play all three of them. Here it goes. Blossa D, Whistle the Thing. Three parts.
And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. It's just sometimes that microphone button punches a little bit slow in the technological world, which is not always perfect, as we all know. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime you're dealing with computers and machines. <laughs> but anyway, our guest is Tawatha D, and we were just listening to their song, Wisp of a Thing sort of in three parts, and I see their microphone. I'm going to go ahead and bring them back on. Welcome back. Thank you. Now, and I'd like to focus my next uh, question for both of us, and I'll start with you, Becca. Um, what do you see Tawatha D being as they say, like in those motivational speeches and all that, what do you see this being in five years, let's say? What what do you see the progression of this being? Oh, you did you say in five years? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Well that's a that's a long way ahead of time. <laughs> How about this? Future plans. <laughs> Well, given the uh given the, the, the earlier part of our conversation about us not not really starting out trying to be a band, we, we tend to do things uh, sort of close to our own belts, so to speak, I guess you could say. Um, thinking one year ahead of time and, uh, and, and trying, trying really hard to make it stay organic like it is uh, and evolve on its, own, on its own into what it is. Um, it, it sort of the test of time, and uh, it, it, it served us well, so we continue to do that. We've not really thought five years ahead of time. We've, we've thought, at the most, a couple of years. Um, you know, just, just kind of bearing in mind that, you know, as, as people, too, we, we tend to get a little tired every now and then and, and have to take our little one-week, two-week breaks. We do sincerely hope to, to make this a lasting venture because it is a whole lot of fun. And uh, we enjoy spending so much time with, with each other. And uh, it's not something, you know, every family gets to do. You, you don't get to stand on the stage and look around and see your husband or your sister or your stepson, in Danny's case, son. <laughs> you, you don't always get those. You only always get those privileges in life, so so like we we try to to be as realistic as possible, you know. We we try to keep on trucking along in our little white van full of our family and <laughs> in good spirits, and and then just making everything as organic as we can. I know that kind of sounds silly making it organic, but it just seems to sort of work out that way whenever you stay realistic about all your projects. And to be honest, it's still a true answer to my question. Now, I was using yeah. the, I was using a generic, because you hear that a lot from the success coach type people, right? They oh, say, yeah. where do you see yourself five years? However, yeah. if your approach is that every year you're still building and successful and keeping it in that organic manner, like you said, in the belt and the things that you understand, and that keeps working, well, then that still is a long-term plan 
as it, as it continues yeah. to work. So that's yeah. I would say that if that's what's working for you. So work your plan and plan to work. It, well, break you know, it, and I'm sure that Danny is sitting on the other phone going, oh, you're so funny, Becca. You didn't answer no, actually, the question. I, I'm actually <laughs> thinking that was a great answer. <laughs> <laughs> ah, we got them to agree. That's good. Yeah, yeah, that's, 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 that's a good thing. <laughs> Because I sure are right. band members, especially related ones, are you? Yeah, she, she's right, though. It's, it's one of those things. We, we don't want to – it is our family, and it's more than a band to us. So, you know, we, we try to be realistic. We'd love to keep doing it forever. We want to be realistic about it. There, you know, our, our age differences in the band range from 21 to 52. That's a big gap. I mean, that's a, that's a huge space. And, of course, that helps us in a lot of ways because – you get to draw from a lot of different uh, influences and perspectives, you know. But at the same time, we don't want to negate anybody's, uh, I don't know, um, other goals and aspirations in life either, you know. So so we try to look at it, as she said, she's right, about a year or two years ahead of time. Um, and, and not really, I mean, there's, you know, you know, you don't know what the universe is going to throw at you. So we just try to stay firm in reality with things and, and just are happy that we're able to do what we're doing as long as we can. All right. All right. And it it does say, you might have heard it say that there's 10 seconds left on live airtime, and I can actually expand that, so don't, don't worry about that. Even if it says it's over, <laughs> it'll still all be in the archive where we get the most listens. Anyway, because of the modern media, people listen kind of on their own time, to be honest. And all of a sudden you'll turn around and there's 1,000 people, 2,000 have listened, uh, so uh, more than than we're live, and they get the numbers. See you later. So just wanted to let you know if you heard that. It's fine. We can, we can go for a little longer, but I don't want to keep you too much longer. Um, and I thought those were both great answers about just keep going, knowing everybody's kind of different things, knowing the universe throws different things at you, and you know being flexible, like oh, Bruce yeah. Lee says, be like the willow tree, be flexible, be organic, and keep doing what's working for you so far. So the last song we have for you this evening, folks, from Tawatha D, and I'll have you guys explain this one, is Granny's Bedtime Tonic. And I who, love that yeah. song. Whoever wants to start, it's a live version. Whoever wants to start uh, describing that song, feel free. Well, it kind of tells us, uh, since you're doing the live version, you get a bit of the uh, explanation, and it's, it's true. Um, my grandmother... Her name was Ruby Sanford. I was raised by my mother, my grandmother, and my great-grandmother. And my grandmother used to sing Me to Sleep when I was a little, tiny. And she did my sister, and I sang it to my kids. And uh, as, the, as the opening will tell, it's something that was passed down to our family. We didn't know what the song was. We just knew it was, uh, it was kind of what put us to sleep at night. It was our family lullaby. So when I got a chance to honor her, because she's been passed on for quite some time, um, we decided to try to uh, bring the song alive. And uh, so we we changed the melody line, used my grandmother's lyrics, which had already been changed from the traditional old version of a song called Five Nights Drunk. And uh, it's uh, legitimately our, I guess, our family anthem. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it was a song sang to me when I was, when I was little. And uh, so we've all embraced it and, and we've... <laughs> We've been blown away that everybody else has kind of embraced it now too. So, 
It's a great that song. Thank you. Thank you. We love it. All right. I want to thank you, Danny, for joining us. I want to thank you, too. Thank you guys for having us. I just would like to say that, Janice, I've been waiting for you to call me Frank all night long, and you haven't done it. <laughs> Frank, I love you. Love you, too, love you back. <laughs> And I want to thank you, Becca, for joining us as well. Yes. Thank you, Becca. It was back my pleasure. And <laughs> Absolutely, my pleasure. Thank you so much. Okay. Oh, yeah. Thank you. And it was a pleasure for us, and we wish you the best of success oh, yeah. now and in the future. And to the audience, I say, in listening to Main Street Universe, our guest is Tawatha D, specifically two members, Danny and Becca, from that band, and they were just talking about Granny's Bedtime Tonic in Old oh, Lullaby. I have to call you. All right. Have a great evening, everyone. Have a great evening. And remember that the mysteries and possibilities of the universe are closer to Main Street than you may have ever imagined. And I can imagine a lot. Okay, this is this is the part where I need you guys to make a lot of noise for me because this is uh, I'm going to tell a little story in just a second. When I was a kid growing up, I was raised by my grandmother, my great grandmother, and my mom. So I had three mothers, right? My grandmother used to sing me to sleep as a little little child when I was five and up. She sang me to sleep and. This is a song that was passed down through our family, generation to generation to generation, and we knew it went way back, but we didn't know exactly where it came from. This was our lullaby. This was what put us to sleep at night, and it's what I sang to my kids. By the way, these are my kids over here on the far left side of the stage. So I sang this to my kids growing up when they were little. This was their lullaby, too. After my grandmother passed away, we did some research because we were really, really curious where this song came from. And what we found after doing a lot of research was my grandmother, our lullaby, what she'd been singing to us all those years, was an old Irish pub song called Five Nights Drunk. It's okay, you can laugh about that. Man. What we found, though, the reason it was so hard to trace the origins of this particular song was that my grandmother... Anybody out there know the song Five Nights Drunk, by the way? The song's about a promiscuous woman. We got a couple. And a drunken man. Let's try that again, because I think you guys will get the hang of it as we move along. It's about a promiscuous woman. There we go. And a drunken man. Let's try this again. Drunken. Wait a minute. Promiscuous woman. Drunken man. Come on. Come on, guys. Promiscuous women. Drunken men. Promiscuous women. Drunken men. Now that you all know who you are, I hope you were looking around the room while that was going on. That's what this song's about. My grandmother had taken the liberty of childproofing the lyrics so she could sing it to a five-year-old. Well, we're from the East Tennessee Mountains, which is right over the ridge over there. You guys are here in North Carolina. Nat, by the way, Asheville, North Carolina, let me hear you. So we Appalachianized it. You should understand this concept. And what we've come up with is what we're about to do for you guys tonight. We call it... Granny's Bedtime Tonic. Here we go. Well, I went out on my back porch, see what I could see. There I spat. 
You're the rhythm section. Keep it coming, keep it coming, keep it coming. Okay, this is, this is the part where I need you guys to make a lot of noise for me, because this is, uh, I'm going to tell a little story in just a second. When I was a kid growing up, I was raised by my grandmother, my great-grandmother, and my mom, so I had three mothers, right? My grandmother used to sing me to sleep as a little, little child when I was five and up. She sang me to sleep, and this was a song that was passed down through our family, generation to generation to generation, and we knew it went way back, but we didn't know exactly where it came from. This was our lullaby. This was what put us to sleep. Forbidden archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. Thank you. 